Hello Explorers, the first eight episodes of The Bad Batch have been previewed by a lucky few and reviews are in. That hashtag show posted the following statement. The Bad Batch Season 3 may be the best of all the three seasons. They say you will be taken on an emotional journey as loyalty and friendships are tested. You can just feel that the first eight episodes are leading to something big. In today's episode, we are going to be covering all things Bad Batch in eager anticipation of the release of Season 3. We have more reviews to dissect, so let's get into this week's episode. So, what have we here? Hey, welcome to episode 41, and as always, joining me on this week's episode, we have the wisest of wives, Jedi Masters, coming from the United States of America, it's Jimmy. Howdy. Also joining us today is another fellow American, and again, a wise Jedi Knight, it's Jedi Knight Lex. Hey guys. And unfortunately, Taylor can't make it today as she's busy receiving Valentine's cards from Cameron Monahu at uh, Fan Expo that's going on in Vancouver. Look out for the pictures and videos. So, we'll start with you then, Lex. How's your week been? It's been good, you know, just uh, very eager about Bad Batch Season 3 coming out. I've been trying, I was telling Jimmy, I'm trying to cram uh, Season 1 and 2 in um, as the time comes. I tried to start reading Dark Disciples, but I guess I'm too slow of a reader to get that done. But yeah, yeah just kind of, you know, chilling. How about you guys? Yeah, it's not too bad over here. Uh, I'm suffering from a few hits yesterday at my... My American football. Uh, but yeah, we're not doing too bad. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah, not too bad. Another busy weekend. I call this like the trifecta of the swim season because we had our big league meet last week. We had the state, the Kansas State Championships this weekend. We got home at like midnight last night. And then next weekend, um, we've got the Swim to a Wish event. So uh, I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that towards the end. But um our boys will be swimming 100 miles over a course of about 40 hours. Five boys will be doing a relay style. They'll be raising some money. I'll probably put some links up on our socials if you want to help nice. the boys out, raise some money for uh, Make-A-Wish. It's a pretty cool event, um, and we're looking forward to it. we got our banquet to celebrate the season. and uh, So, yeah, it'll be a busy week, but it'll be good. Awesome. So just before we dive into uh, this week's episode, like I said, uh, Jedi Knight Lex is joining us. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Lex, really appreciate your time. Uh, feel free if you want to promote your stuff now with your YouTube channel and your socials. Yeah, so I am on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Jedi Knight Lex, and I appreciate you guys inviting me to come on. I was super excited about it, but I kind of just do everything and all things Star Wars. I do unboxing videos, I go to conventions, I was just at Megacon, um, I've got my own podcast, which is Beyond Tatooine, and I kind of just bring on different collectors, and we take a look at their collection and kind of just chat a little bit about their love of Star Wars, and then I'm also a co-host on the podcast with Chris and Patrick, and we talk all all things Star Wars Funko Pops, which we've had Jimmy on, and we're going to have him on in the future again, coming up in a few episodes, I think. And yeah, yeah we're just going to try to do some Bad Batch reaction videos and just keep the content pumping out. Nice. I think I'm on about episode nine at the minute on your YouTube channel. Uh, appetite for collectibles, I think I'm on about halfway through that at the minute. 
So if you're looking yeah. to just start collecting stuff, that is definitely the one you want to be starting on. Uh, watch out with your wallets again. Thank you very much <laughs> for, uh, for joining us. Uh, it's always great to have new people um, join us on the show. And speaking of new people, we've got a whole bunch of new explorers again joining us. Uh, so from the top then, we've got Edward Van Weyden, Ryan Barlow, Andy Hill, uh, Ty Johns. What else we got, Jimmy? We got Michael Dore, Paul Shipper, and Paul was the guy who did the uh, artwork, wasn't he? Yep. Uh, so Paul's the guy who just dropped those, uh, the Revenge of the Sith? No, the Phantom Menace stuff um, yep. on Empire Magazine. So that was cool to have him join us. Sue Larder and Mark Connor have all joined on our Facebook group. So welcome, everybody. As always, thank you very much for joining. Again, hit us up on the socials, explore the force. Can add loads of follows as well on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, keep joining, join the Facebook group, and keep uh, putting all the content on there. Awesome. So let's head over to our Force Encounters for this week. Cool. So what we normally do on this then, Lex, is anything that's sort of Star Wars related that's affected us in our lives, even if it's walking through the shop door, you know, the automatic doors, everyone always puts their arms up and that's how you know you get a Star Wars fan coming in and out of the shop. I do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> but anything really that you've been up to Star Wars-wise. For me this week, uh, the only Force encounter that I have is I'm almost finished on Eye of Darkness, like you, mate. I'm a bit of a slow reader and I put the, I put the feels out there because I got to a stage where there was an event <laughs> that happened in the book and for me, I'm very much a perfectionist to the extent of I was asking Reddit what chapter this certain event had happened and that's a scour back through my audio book until I pinpointed the exact moment. Um, but really, really enjoying Eye of Darkness. I think it's the best High Republic adult novel that I've read, Jimmy, for sure. Uh, mm, it's yeah, constantly non-stop. The, the amount of characters each stage as well isn't a massive overflow. I don't know about you, Lex, but... For me and like the Jedi, there's like 10 million different names coming at me. I didn't know who was who. Uh, so thankfully, they've, they've killed a few off to make it a bit easier for me. <laughs> Anything for you this week, Lex? Um, Not really. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. Pretty, I mean, I feel like the Force is always strong, but, you know, nothing that's like too out of the ordinary for my, my regular day-to-day weeks, you know. Nice. Jimmy? Yeah, um, well, I just got done recording a show with Clan Brandalorian and Bailey, so that was fun. It was kind of a little warm-up for our, our main show today. And then, um, you know, we drive the boys up to state in vans, and I had like five boys with me, and my other coaches had to take a few boys. And we were playing all these games, and mostly led by them because I'm driving. And on the way back from dinner, we played this uh, Star Wars trivia game, and I laid the smack down on those fools. My they're all like, damn, Thank they're you. like, damn, coach. And uh, <laughs> uh, I actually had to correct a few answers that were wrong. So on there, <laughs> so um, they were just like, how do you know this stuff? And it was pretty fun. Uh, they were kind of all, you know, they're just like, you know, way too much about Star Wars. I was like, well, yeah, maybe. That's why we're so, two for two on uh, Seriously Star Wars. Yes. Explore the forces undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So let's see what news then we've got coming out of Batu. (laughs) 
All right, Emily Swallow and Brendan Wayne are coming to MCM London Comic Con 2024, and seven stars of Ahsoka are coming to Star Fury Invasion 2024 over the weekend of the 28th to the 30th of June 2024 at the Hilton uh, Metropolis Hotel in Birmingham. Joining them already announced Iman Esfandi, Diana Lee Isanto, Nelson Lee, who played Senator Zono, boo, uh, Wes Chatham is Captain Enoch. Katie O'Brien was Ilea Kane, Ivana Shinhadi, yes, Omid Abtabi, uh, I'm sure I'm butchering these names like we do on the show, it's our specialty here, uh, who played Dr. <laughs> the late great Dr. Pershing, I think, yeah. or at least had his mind melted, Dr. Pershing. So, yeah. Jack, this is all happening in your side of the pond. You going to go to all these going. events? I'll, I will be going, definitely will be going. Uh, even if I just see Shinhadi, I'll be happy with that. Um, I'll try and, <laughs> try and chat to him all. Hopefully we get to talk to one or two of those people before uh, June. Who knows? You'll have to stay tuned on Explore the Force. Ooh, um, maybe, but maybe, maybe. exciting things are coming. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll definitely uh, be going to uh, that event in Birmingham. It's only less than half an hour away. Um, nice. Collider reporting as well that the highly anticipated, super highly anticipated, may I add, live action Star Wars series that the Acolyte is set to air on Disney Plus sometimes this summer. Please be true obviously these are all rumors at the minute um there's loads coming out about the acolyte i just feel there's something coming but this is this is all that big hype that we did last week over the big reveal from empire magazine and then me and jimmy spoke about it about how bad us fans are about hyping things up we did it again at the super bowl and the super bowl gave us nothing so twice in a weekend we were extremely let down by our own expectations i think (laughs) it's safe to say um but yeah, speaking of High Republic stuff as well earlier, there was a reveal this week showcasing a front cover of Elzar Man and Avar Chris with a temptation wrong, sorry, with a title Temptation of the Force, which is also due for release around June. So that should tie in with the acolyte nicely. Um Temptation of the Force. Have you read all the High Republic stuff, Lex, have you? I haven't, actually. I've been meaning to like get into it, but I just yeah. I, I feel like there's so much that's already gone on for me to like try to catch up it would be like a, a tall order, but I, yeah. I am interested in it because I think that's kind of where Acolyte's going to take place, so it would be cool to kind of have some background to it, but yeah. hopefully before summer I'll get some reading in. No, I'm not yeah, thinking nail on the head. Yeah, if you hit the main uh, adult novels, you'd be alright. And speaking yeah. of adult novels, you've got Elzar and Avar on a cover of a book that says Temptation on it. So what's going to happen there? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. So I know, obviously, with what I'm reading at the minute, I sort of guess what's happening to an extent with uh, Avar Chris. But I think Lex has hit the nail on the head there. They they, they time these things for a reason, as in Acolytes coming out in the summer. Obviously, June going to be a summer month. Um, so, yeah, you've heard it here first. What other news we got, Jimmy? All right, new vintage collection, Escape from Order 66, is arriving summer 2024, exclusively at Amazon only. This includes Ahsoka and the three droids which helped her escape in the fabled episode during Clone Wars Season 7. Lex, you're a big-time collector. Do you collect the vintage stuff? I know you're obviously a massive Funko Pop collector. Um, Do you collect this vintage stuff as well, like the three and three quarters? 
So I have tried very hard to stay away from the TVC stuff. <laughs> that Ahsoka looks absolutely awesome. I don't think I'd purchase the four pack just for it. Um, the only TVC figures I've actually purchased have been at Ross for like three ninety nine. They had like a young Anakin and like an Attack of the Clones one. So those are the I've tried very hard to like restrain myself, but I just have those two <laughs> yeah. at the moment. But they look really cool. I'm a big fan of the TVC figures. I've just I feel like I've got my hand in a lot of collecting pots at the moment, and I just TVC is <laughs> one I just haven't dipped into yet. Yeah, I tell you, as soon as you start, you just don't. As soon as you crack that door a smidge, all hell yeah. breaks loose when it comes to collecting. So yeah, you get sucked straight in there. Uh, the last <laughs> bit of news that we've got as well: there was a report by uh, the direct mentioning, and uh, it was quoting that there could be more Asajj story after the Bad Batch, which is, uh, again, interesting because we know that Asajj is appearing in the Bad Batch. Um, and that obviously ties us in nicely for our main topic. Okay, then, so as always, we put a few questions out to you guys and girls, the Explorers, uh, and here are a couple fan mentions of the week. So first up on Facebook, we've got Wayne Cooper-Smith. He said that his daughter, Naomi, thinks he reminds her of her favourite Bad Batch member, Wrecker. Nice. Uh, Danielle Ward chose Tech for his, in- oh, sorry, Tick for his intelligence, <laughs> as well as Daryl Armstrong. Darren Briscoe, the Clone Force are cool, but I'm intrigued by Omega and where she originated and how it all ties in with Palpatine. Plans for his return in the Rise of Skywalker. Both this and the live action series have been heading that way, unfolding secrets only the Sith knew. I'm also a father of a daughter's, so I feel protective of her like got- the guys do. So Darren's got some connections to Clone Force 99. Also talking about Bad Batch favorite characters on Instagram, uh, Diamond the Ruff or Diamond is that Diamond uh, Diamond at Ruff and Jacobs Assemble picked Amiga as well. Uh, also like Darren, both are predicting Amiga will be playing a bigger role uh, in this season. Lastly, CrossFit guy chose Hunter as he's a leader and the father figure of the group, and uh, yeah, and that's pretty much all the comments that we've got. So as always, keep your eyes on our socials and please keep firing back the answers and the feedback and we will endeavour to read them out. And that leads us then nicely onto today's main topic, which is Bad Batch. So we'll start with Lex. Okay, what's your overall thoughts on Bad Batch? So overall, I'm I'm a big fan of Bad Batch. I didn't watch it originally when it came out, I think kind of towards COVID, as I was telling Jimmy like prior to the show that... I had a lot of time on my hands, so I started rewatching Clone Wars, and then I was like, you know what, I really enjoyed that, let me try Rebels, and I really enjoyed that, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to check out Bad Batch, and I've just been a big fan of all the animated shows, Tales included, and I think that it's cool to see, I guess, defective clones, and how they kind of, they are different from the typical clone that we see, and they all have their you know unique individual traits that make them special and that's how they kind of are cohesive together because they yeah. kind of make up a team and they each have equal parts in it but I'm, I'm a big fan of it and i'm excited to see where season three is going to take us yeah i'm pretty much the same as you i absolutely love the bad batch same with all the animation stuff as well um each each member having its own strength and weakness as well uh, really 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 good i love amiga as well I still think, like a lot of the people are saying, there's something coming with Omega. She still hasn't had her time to shine yet, I don't think. She's not really been in the spotlight massively, um, so to speak. Um, and I'm looking forward to Crosshair getting 
getting back in the action as well. Uh, he's m by far my favourite character at the entire Bad Batch. What about you, Jimmy? What's your thoughts on Bad Batch? Yeah, um, you know, I think, I mean, just the tie-ins with, like, with, you know, the Clone 99, you know, from back in the Clone Wars. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Um, and, of course, they sprinkled them in there in Season 7 to get us, give us all a little taste of who they were and what they were. I know they were supposed to be in the, the you know, the canceled ha second half of Season 6 or whatever. But the first season we got through it, I was like, well, that was fine. You know, it was fun. By the end of the second season, I was watching it before I would watch the Mando when they were crossing over each other. Because, you know, we had Mando Season 3 coming out and Bad Batch Season 2. And I was hooked on the Bad Batch. And when that last episode aired, I may or may not have gotten some dust in my eyes or something. Something was in the air because my eyes started watering. And um, But I am super pumped. Like Lex, I have been doing a mad dash to try to rewatch all the episodes. And I will say that going back through them and the episodes that I thought were filler were really just setting things up. And I know yeah. people always complain about Dave. And there's the trolls out there right now saying, even though Disney has said, we're not retconning Dark Disciple. You know, they're trolling them, like not being able to do storytelling and things like that. But Dave has a purpose for what he's doing. And, and it was a Jennifer, Jennifer Corbett, I think, as well. She's like, you know, he, she is his Padawan, it seems like. And she's doing a terrific job as well. And I, I am pumped for um, this. I would more excited for this than I would be for Mando Season 4, I think, after the way those last, you know, they all played out. So, yeah, I'm real excited for it. Yeah, yeah. Big shout, that big shout. Uh, I found you build on what you said there as well, Jimmy. It's, I think it's a big gamble to begin with, especially with defective clones as well. I do think it's a bit of a gamble that's obviously paid off. Uh, Dave Filoni obviously clearly knows what he's talking about, as we always keep telling every, everything that we say about him. But it, I think, personally, it was a big gamble that did pay off, because if this didn't take, I think people would have struggled to um, sort of get to grips with it. I could have seen them, or could have seen them, I'd have liked to have seen them not def defect and hunt down the Jedis as well. I think that would have made a good series. Could have been like a what-if mm -hmm. show. Yeah. But yeah, that that would have been uh, pretty tasty. So I already mentioned about my favourite character being Crosshair, uh, just for the reasons it's, it's just cold, calculated, don't mess about, gets the job done. Uh, kind of relate to him in a way but I think I really relate to him in the, se the second season as well in some of the episodes uh, which we'll talk about later on and I think as a character he's he's always on job, he's very professional but you start to, there is there is that soft shell underneath everything all, all that hard exterior you know, he's still a, he's still a guy at the end of the day uh, what about you Jimmy, who's your best character who's your favourite? Oh man, um, I've been sitting there. I, I know I sent these. We come up with these questions and we sent them to Lex, and I'm like, "How am I going to answer this question?" Um, I do like Hunter. You know, he's the leader of the pack. He has to balance the emotional and the rational side of things. And as a coach, I feel like sometimes I have to do that a lot. You know, and as a teacher, I have to do that a lot. So I kind of sometimes feel like, you know, I, I get where he's coming from. Um, you know, I don't have any kids of my own, but you, know, you, you want to take care of the kids that are in your in your uh, in your care. So, as far as that's concerned, but I do think that Omega has the opportunity in this season to really step forward 
And I'm sure there'll be people out there complaining that it's another strong female character. Oh no, what are we going to do? You know, because Star Wars has never had those before. But um, yeah, Hunter right now, but I think that Omega has a real strong opportunity towards the end of this to really take off and, you know, kind of, because I mean, some of the same, same complaints about like Ahsoka when she first came out, you know, like people didn't like her voice or they didn't like how she talked. And I, I don't know, I, I haven't had any problems with Omega, but I will say Hunter right now, but I think that by the end it could be Omega. So interesting, very interesting. What about you, Lex? <laughs> so Jimmy did send me the questions, and this is actually the one that I don't have answered out of all of them because <laughs> I feel like it's a really tough question because I feel connected to each of them in some sort of way. Um, but I guess the one that the guy that I feel most connected to is Tech. Um, I think he's very intelligent. And I think sometimes he doesn't, he's so calculated that he doesn't pick up on some of the things that he said. Like one of the episodes I kind of just watched where he makes the comment, like, you know, Echo's gone. Like it is what it is. Like, why are you so upset about it, Omega? And she, he doesn't recognize that what he's saying is so kind of damaging, but to him, it totally makes sense, you know? Yeah. So I I kind of feel connected to him in that aspect because I feel like I tend to see myself doing that occasionally, but I just, I really feel connected to tech, but I love Wrecker. I love Crosshair. I like Hunter. You know, Hunter has the leader aspect. Wrecker is just a big goofball of strength, you know? And I do think Omega has the potential to really come forward, but I've enjoyed her character. I've never disliked her like I feel like a lot of other people have. You know, she's young, she's charismatic, she's emotional, and I think she kind of has all those traits of a young girl that you we typically have in our world. So I think this season is really going to kind of have her prevail and, you know, step into a role that we haven't seen before because she's going to have to. Yeah. I think, again, a good point that you made that we're speaking about is what makes this so successful is the fact that you do feel connected to all of them. And I think that's I think that's where people sort of fall foul with Amiga because she is the odd one out to an extent. Yeah. She's not the trained soldier like the rest of them, so she just sort of stick out. Uh, I think that might be what what sort of grates on people, so to speak, uh, for one for a better word. Uh, There's Mr. Adam Holmes. He posted as well. He was one of the lucky few um, that were picked. Uh, do you want to read his quote out, Jimmy? Sure. Having seen the first eight episodes of the Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3, I'm pleased to say the show's final hurrah is off to a great start. Fans of Omega and Crosshair especially have a lot to look forward to, and as per usual, the action and emotional beats are balanced wonderfully. So, we have a bunch of these, and this will be the last one we really read off, but man, there I trying to find a negative... Um, you know, trying to find a negative response to it. And I haven't found anything. Everyone thinks that that so far this is the best season. And I mean, I really like season two. um, So I'm pretty excited for this. Um, But yeah, this has got me like I started reading all these. I got pretty hyped for the show when I was, you know, typing these in and looking them up. But so I don't know. I I hope it lives up to the hype. I hope these aren't, you know, Disney shills or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I think it will be. I remember when I seen the trailer at uh, Star Wars Celebration last year as well. Um, and everyone in the room pretty much flew off the chair. So, the hype is real. Let's just hope the show delivers, which I think it will, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. So, we spoke about our favorite characters. Obviously, we've all watched uh, all the seasons and episodes. What is the standout episode for you? Start with you, Jimmy. What's your favorite episode to date so far? 
Well, uh, so <laughs> we know how I feel about Wookiees. So I imagine you guys know where this is probably going. But um, I really <laughs> like the one where they find Gunji and they take him. You know, I was pumped to see that guy still alive. Um, and then, you know, another Wookiee in the universe is not a bad thing. And to think that there's this Wookiee out there running around, Kashyyyk or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what's going on there? Uh, that was a really fun one, but I also think that uh, the second or third, they're all kind of blurring together because I was like binging the heck out of these, but um, just all the episodes were like, you know, people were complaining about Omega, but like she was trying really hard to fit in and do her job, you know, and as a teacher, I can tell you that not all kids want to work hard and want to do things. So I'm like, get this girl a chance, you know? <laughs> so yeah. a lot of those. And then, um, I just watched the uh, Speed Racer one in season two. Yeah. And that sets up, you know, I remember watching that one and I was telling, talking to Lex about this before we got started, but like, you know, we talked like, I think when that aired, we were like, oh, filler episode. Like there was nothing to it. But then you sit here and you, after you've seen the whole season, you go back, it's setting up Sid's deception. It's setting up, you know, it's making you fall in love with tech. You know, it's, you know, all these different little things. And maybe the story in itself wasn't like, pushing everything forward but it really um set up some groundwork for that emotional fall at the end so i, I really yeah. like that episode but they're having binged through them there wasn't many that i didn't like or was like oh this is dumb like i really liked them better the second time through so yeah it's pretty cool nice what about you lex so i'm kind of torn between two episodes I am a huge fan of Aftermath, which is the season one episode, like the first episode. Um, I think it's an absolutely phenomenal episode. I love seeing the Clone Wars lo- the Clone Wars logo, and it kind of disintegrates oh, yeah. into the Bad Batch logo. And yeah. you also get Depot Bilibo and then Caleb Dune. And I, I love that because I love Rebels. So we get a young Kanan Jarrus, or as Caleb Dune, and you kind of just kind of see the initial order 66 like what's going on and how clone force 99 reacts to it and you kind of see where crosshair starts to split a little bit because you know clones follow orders and stuff so i really like that one but then speaking of crosshair season two episode 12 the outpost i feel like you really see the switch of crosshair where he realizes that he continuously is giving himself to the empire and they're just still kicking him down and kicking him down. And I feel like that was a really big character development episode for Crosshair and then getting Mayday's introduction. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really torn between those two episodes. Man, Lexi, that, Lex, that is a great point. Like, because I've been saying, like, they're going to redeem Crosshair, I'm assuming. He has earned it through season two. And that episode right there, I thought that was fantastic. People, I know... People, a lot of people liked it, a lot of people didn't like it. I mean, that's how it is with Star Wars. But I was just sitting there like, when if he does end up helping Omega, like, and he changes his, his tune, that episode right there was, it made it all worth it. So, yeah, yeah those are excellent episodes. Yeah, that's my favorite episode as well, The Outpost. That's what I was going for straight away. Watching yeah. him, you, you feel it with him, you feel the switch, and you, you're begging him as well to, to pull the trigger uh, <laughs> and just you yes. know, kill, oh kill gosh, Nolan. Yeah. You know, um, and I love I love the fact that it's it's cleverly setting up the stormtrooper armor as well. That's actually what they're battling for, and yeah, mm-hmm. 
just seeing Crosshair, you know, come finally to the good side, so to speak. Um, but yeah, absolutely amazing episode that for me, the Outpost Bomb review as well. Jim isn't really, I didn't feel like there's any episodes really. I thought it was massively filler episodes or anything like that. There's loads of cameos throughout with a talk kind of period appearing. You know, uh, Saul Guerrero's in it. Cad Bane's even in it at some point. I think in season oh. two or season one. No, season one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Cad Bane and Hera. I mean, you had yeah. some ton yes. of young Hera. Ton of uh, good. I mean, you had Cam Sandula. I mean, even the other. Even the other. Clones as well, like Rex is in there. There's a mission that's Code is in there as well. So mm-hmm. there's loads uh, going on. Wolf's in it. Yeah, yeah. isn't Wolf in the one? Uh, there's a couple other. Uh, the one that well, the, the one that happens on Ryloth, that clone. So, and I think yeah. one of my other my, one of my other favorite episodes as well is um, I think it's episode one, season two as well, where they go to Count Dooku's like castle, his war chest. Yeah, on Serenity. And you see all the droids again. They're all still going. You know, so there's so much, there's so much extra stuff that's still going on. You know, it's it's clearly got got quite some legs on it, and it just shows how big the of an impact that the war, the war ha- had on. I mean, I've already spoke about this as well. I said we was I excited for it when it was announced. Like I said, it at celebration, yeah, one hundred percent. Everyone in the room was howling as usual when something news released. Uh, what about you guys? Were you excited? Yeah, I mean, I I love any new Star Wars project, especially if it's in Dave Filoni's hands, because, you know, we trust in Filoni, but yeah. I, I'm very excited for it. I've been excited for it. I've, I've been an avid fan, so I'm, I'm excited, and I oh, I think I will be, you know. By you, Jimmy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had me after season two. Like, I know when, the, when they first announced the Bad Batch, and I remember seeing... I think they announced it right after season seven of uh, Clone Wars aired. You know, they gave us those episodes with them just to kind of give us, like I said, like a little taster. Um, and that's when they find Echo too, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, they do all that. Um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, more Star Wars. I'm cool with it. But as the seasons went on, by the end of season two, I was like, let's go. And then when they announced season three, I'm, I mean, highly anticipated show for me. Because um, we know we kind of know what we're getting. It's not you know the acolyte and skeleton crew. We have no idea what what they are. Like, not that that's a bad thing, but like I know what we're getting. I know the storylines I want to see, and I'm pretty excited to um, get for it to end. We'll see, you know yeah. like to get to. I don't see want it to be going. over, but I'm excited that you know we know it's the end. We know we're working towards something, and let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, so we'll backtrack a little bit then. Uh, and we'll just talk about how we felt about season one, what episodes or characters uh, really uh, stuck out. Uh, I'll just start us off with season one. Again, quite similar to Lex, the Aftermath one was the biggest one for me because there were so many things and so many little um, cameos, so to speak, that that really kicked off. Uh, And then just speaking about cameos was... Honestly, the cameo by Cad Bane as well in season one, I thought it was fantastic. That's probably one of my favourite episodes for season one, that reunion one. Um, but I thought as well, towards the back end of season one, you really got to know Wrecker. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the trailers that you saw for season one, it, it just come across as, as the muscle. Uh, but towards the end of that, I think for me, he was more of a, a big brother for Amiga. Um, and yeah, he's got a lot of personality about him. Uh, what about you, Jimmy? What was your season one highlight? 
Yeah, I think you kind of hit that one. Um, just they made the clear definition of like crosshair is not coming back when they're on that. Sh- they were, I think they were on Baraka. They were in the, yeah. you know, the big things and he's like trying to kill them and they blow him up. And I mean, there was like, there's no way this guy's getting redeemed. And then of course in season two, they kind of do that. But yeah, I, I also think that that opening, you know, hour and 15 minute, uh, start that we got was exciting. It kind of showed us everything, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm hard pressed to pick an episode out of season one. Like they all just kind of kicked off. But I did think that the beginning of you know the very first episode was a really good way to start off. It was an awesome getting like a almost a you know almost an hour and a half long movie. Yeah. What about you, Lex? Yeah, I mean the aftermath. I think is just a phenomenal way to kind of transition from the Clone Wars into the show seamlessly, and I think because it did that, it it captured a lot of the Clone Wars animated fans into yeah. it. But I think it really kind of set the stage for that season. Um, but I really liked, you know, I think episode eight was the one with Cad Bane and Fennec Shan, where they're both trying to capture Omega, but yeah. for different reasons. Like they both have bounties out, but they're for different from different people. And I really liked Battle Scars, which was episode seven, where they kind of brought Rex back and he helps them remove the chip. The yeah. Inhibitor yeah. Chips. And then, you know, but Wrecker kind of goes off a little bit and he tries to, you know, go after them. So I thought that was, you know, just a really moving but dark episode. Yeah. But I just, I thought overall season one was great. And then the end of, you know, the end of season one with the fall of Camino was crazy. Yeah, it's a clever way to, to, not so much a clever way, but a smart way. I think how they played it down to get rid of the cloning facility as well. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be, let me mention one more too. The cut and run episode, um, when they run into, and I cannot think of the clone's name, but in, he's the clone that left and has a family. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I yes. remember... And uh, I remember watching Clone Wars Cut and thinking that, that's when... Clone Wars like grew up a little bit and they started covering like I want to have a family I want I don't want to be a warrior I want to do this I want to do that I do wonder what happened with his inhibitor chip though like why he didn't go all cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when it all popped off but um, just the fact that they brought them back in there you got to see his family I thought that was really really cool and then he's giving them like dad advice like you guys are in for it like you got a kid now like it's going to be crazy so that probably season one I thought that was a pretty good episode yeah, no, it is. It's a good shout as well. And something with the, the chips as well, which I think they covered, is obviously these guys are going through battle, there's stuff going on. Um, you know, things could have affected them or they could have gone through stuff that's sort of made their chip uh, unable to work, so to speak. So if they've been around large explosions or stuff like that, you know, some of those chips are fried anyway. That's uh, a clever way I think they've got around it. But yeah, really, really good episode. Um, same sort of question again for season two. Um, do you want to start us off on this one, Lex? What's your favourite uh, episode for season two and any, any standout characters? <laughs> uh, so the Outpost definitely is the most standout episode to me. Uh, yeah. We get Mayday, we get you know the, the development of Crosshair back to you know the Resistance, but I really like seven and eight where you know Senator Tucci's kind of advocating for the clones to try to get their rights and even though you know we're seeing it and we're like oh they're finally going to be like one step ahead Palpatine is already five steps ahead and he pretty yeah. much 
their entire thing of proving the Admiral, you know, did these things plays right into Palpatine's hands to initiate the Stormtrooper initiative. So I think that was tough. And then, I mean, of course, the season finale with Plan 99 is just plays on your heartstrings and same thing as jimmy i think my eyes kind of started sweating a little bit i I don't know what was happening (laughs) but i think that was a really emotional kind of sacrifice that he made yeah yeah um so i have to go off off the spin a little bit now because again lex is exactly the same as me literally (laughs) word for word but (laughs) and exact same reasons as well because you actually see how clever palpatine is um so (laughs) So just going off a whim here, the only episode that comes to mind after those couple ones that stuck out for me is the one where Cody does return and he does get them all thinking, was it all worth it? Did we actually do the right thing or were we on the dark side, so to speak? Um, So for me, apart from what Lexus said, I'd have to go to the solitary clone episode on three. Yeah, yeah, Cody really puts the the catmucks of pigeons, so to speak, and really starts getting people, you know, thinking, did they do the right thing or not? I really liked it as well because, you know, Cody's still out there as well. He's such a big, big, well, he's probably the biggest clone on Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, so to speak, I think personally, apart from Rex when he was introduced more so in Clone Wars. Um, but, yeah, what about you, Jimmy? Yeah, I was going to say we the, the Solitary Clones, Episode 3, I thought that was really cool. Like, there were some visuals in that one too where – you know, standing with that wall, and I'm assuming that's like a memorial. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like the Vietnam yeah. War Memorial or something yeah. like that. And I thought that that was pretty intense, you know. And then Cody's standing there, and he's like, well, was it worth it? Are we doing the right thing? And, you know, and Crosshair, he's sitting there like Crosshair's going to rat him out. And uh, when he comes in there to talk to, you know, that admiral or whatever, I'm just waiting for him to, like, rat out Cody. And then he's like, why not? And then he gives him, he signs him to someone else. He's like, where's Cody? And he's like, oh, he's gone AWOL. And, uh, you can kind of see like a little, like he's like another one, like what's going on. And then of course, you know, I talked about the tribe. That's one with, they find Gunji. And then, um, at the very end, plan 99, you know, just for obvious reasons and where it's at and the emotion. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that, you know, these, um, animated shows can have, such intense emotions and feelings and just kind of pull you into the story. And uh, so, yeah, but again, there's a lot of them that were good. They've got ones where you're just hating the empire. They did a great job of that showing you how, you know, just terrible it is. But yeah, those ones would probably be my favorite out of the season uh, too. Okay. So obviously we've seen um, the trailer. Uh, What was our first thoughts of the final season's official trailer? I'll just stop. Um, because again, it's just quite fresh in my head, but just going off it, one of the first things I pick up on is their armor's changed again. You know, it's a lot more battered. You can see throughout the the whole trailer that they're really struggling resource wise as well. I think that's really, really clever. Um, I love the heart to heart that Rex is having with Hunter as well, you know, about it losing all his brothers. There's a few flashbacks of the, the spoiler from season two, um, and it's just it just seems like everything's rapidly moving on. And you see Crossay just looks so so depressed. He's probably been through an absolute torturous time. You know, so I dread to think what Amiga's going to be going through, especially as a child. Um, but she's still quite upbeat as usual. But it's just the grit and the determination as well of, of the Clone Force. Like, you know, they're not going to give up. 
regardless, you know, even though they're a member down or two members down, so to speak. There's more ships as well, which is absolutely fantastic because I love all my Star Wars ships. There's loads of uh, awesome stuff in there. Um, and I think it's quite action-packed as well, a lot more action-packed than what it used to with, with the Bad Batch. You know, there's loads of explosions going off. Um, I think Rex is in there quite a few times as well. And obviously we've got another special appearance by my boy Cad Bane as well. Um, so yeah, really, really looking forward to it. What about you, Jimmy? What's your thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, I know we did a, a high council with Eric and Jake, and I just felt like that that was insane because it just kept going up. Like it introduces like Fennec Shand and then Cad Bane. You're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing! And then the, the Emperor shows up, and then of course the ending. You know, it melts the internet when Asajj. You know, you hear the voice, and I've watched a ton of reaction videos. <laughs> Same thing. I was like, wait, is that no way? What? Ah, you know, like freaking out. Um, and then, of course, you're like, well, how are they doing that? So, yeah, the yeah. trailer, I mean, they crushed it. Whoever made this trailer deserves a raise. Um, I'm sure that, you know, the hype of it around this show was crazy. And I think that um, that trailer, it really set the thing. It really it really jump-started all this momentum for this show. And, yeah. you know, it's going to make it a long three days, you know, recording on Sunday. So we're only three days away, but it's going to be a long three days. <laughs> what about you, Lex? I mean, yeah, there's not much more to it that I think you guys didn't cover, but I think, you know, hearing Asajj's voice and being like, oh my god, like, is she returning? I think that really got me, but I think the tone and the pace of the trailer is going to kind of carry over into the season very well. I don't think that there's going to be all these side missions. I think that this is going to be just a continuous run-through, just like we're kind of getting with the trailer, but we got a lot of great characters and cameos just oh, yeah. alone in the trailer so i can assume that there this is going to be a very heavy season i mean we got rex cad bane fennec shan i think wolf made an appearance at some point like there's just a lot of really big names that are coming into play that we just see in the trailer so i can only imagine what the season is going to hold i'm also um, going to bring up sid as well there's no, no mention of sid so i'm interested to see what happens with sid mm. if i'm honest do you think we're going to see Boo. Sid again? Who Sid. I, I hope she's in shackles. So. I yeah. think she'll come back and save Amado as well. Yeah, I think you so think too. So. But yeah, I think she'll feel guilt. Maybe. But she's Trandoshan, so maybe she feels nothing. <laughs> Cold-blooded. So who knows? <laughs> brings us on to brings us on nicely to the next um, question last year. Who dies first? If anyone. Who's the first one to pop it? silence it's so hard to choose isn't it i just i know someone is going to die um it might be more than one person of clone force 99 but i feel like it's really hard to say who it's going to be i keep hearing and seeing on like the subreddits and the posts and stuff that you know wrecker is going to be the one to sacrifice himself for omega or crosshair is going to be the one to sacrifice or hunter and i'm like you're just going to name the whole clone force at yeah. this point i think but i know I, yeah. someone is going to die but i, 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 don't I think know the who. I think the easiest one to choose would be Wrecker because we know that he's got the biggest relationship with Omega. So for me, I don't think it's going to be Wrecker. I think Hunter could be the first one to die first. As like a leader, I think that could really, really mix things up. Um, I, c I can't see Crosshair dying. 
I can yeah. see Crosshair looking after Amiga. I don't know why, I've just got his fingernails just Crosshair and Amiga, and that's, that's the only one's left. Maybe. What about I you, Jimmy? I don't think any of them survive, except for Omega. I think there's a reason that we saw Asajj, and of course we're speculating irresponsibly right now, um, but I don't think that any of the Clone Force 99 make it out of this. I think that Crosshair goes down trying to help uh, her escape. He's going to sacrifice himself. I think that they all get kind of plugged one by one then, because, I mean, we don't know what happens to Echo. He's not around later in Rebels, so, I mean, he can go down fighting, um, and then uh, Wrecker and Hunter, you know, they're going to do whatever they got to do to keep Omega safe, and I think that they end up um, falling to protect her, and then I think there's somebody that's going to come into play that's going to take Omega, because her role, and I think we'll talk about this, but I think she's the key to a lot of things that have happened in the sequel trilogy, and so she has to survive, now, how that looks, who that's going to be, I mean, I've, you know, a couple ideas, but I don't think anyone from Clone Force 99 makes it out of this season. I, mean, I hate to say that because I like them all, but I don't think, because then where are they? You know, where's this whole group of, you know, awesome fighters during the battles yeah. that they're needed? And where's Omega? And, you know, what yeah. happens? I mean, there's a lot to unfold over these 16 episodes, but I honestly don't think that any of the Clone Force 99 makes it out. I think I think I won't Echo, be Echo might be the first one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I won't I mean I won't be disappointed if someone survives, obviously, but I think that yeah. they're all gonna kinda go the way of Rogue One and just they're all gonna die for that cause and Omega being the cause this time. Yeah, that's a good shot. I think Echo might die first as well, think about it, because he hasn't really got much to offer anymore. He's only just lasted through the Clone Wars. What more is, can he bring to the show? Um I think if you take out Hunter too early, it would be it, be it would be chaos. But I think he will go. I think I still think Crosshair will survive. But yeah, who dies first? I'm gonna go for Echo. I think. Who are you going for first, then, Jimmy? So I'm going Echo. Who are you going for? Um, I think Crosshair goes out helping Omega, like the end of se- or episode eight or something like that. I'd have to relook at all the titles, but I think he goes out being a hero. You know, he redeems himself. Um, what about you, Lex? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think I'm just going to go out on a limb and maybe shoot for Wrecker. But oh. I know, it, it kills that me. That going to hurt. Yeah, if he does go, that's going to be tough. But I did see like a breakdown of the trailer and there's like clearly the ship crashes and you can see Omega and Crosshair like kind of splitting in the distance. Like if you really kind of zoom in, so I think that they are going to escape together in some way, but I don't think he dies in the process. If you like really analyze the trailer, or maybe that's just like a misleading red heron, but I I think it might be Wrecker, possibly. Oh, Lex dropping the bombs. Lex is dropping the bombs. Man. Cool, bro. That'll be a tough one. It's going to be a rough one, isn't it? <laughs> that'll be like be a tough one. It's gonna yeah, that'll suck. be a tough one. Like Hunter, you kind of expect because he's the leader and he's going to sacrifice, yeah. but... Wrecker's that lovable idiot that you know everyone likes, and oh my gosh, that'll be that'll be terrible. Yeah. So that, this leads on nicely then to our predictions. We're sort of already gone over it. We know that there's going to be about fifteen episodes, uh, and we'll just read off. If I'm not going to read off all the episode names, 
But obviously it starts with one called Confined and it will finish with The Cavalry Has Arrived. Um, who knows? I'll start with my predictions. Um, so obviously I think that they are going to get out. Something's going to happen for them to get out. I think within the first eight episodes, I think we're going to lose at least two clones as a minimum. Um, I definitely think Crosshair and Amiga are going to survive. Would I be surprised if Asajj took Amiga and trained Amiga? No. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, I'm super interested to read The Dark Disciple just to see what's happened with Asajj and Quinlan Voss. I think we may get a Quinlan Voss dropping in. Uh, again, who knows? Uh, again, but even with that, would would Quinlan Voss and Asajj take Amiga? Like, if you're going to leave your your child with someone to babysit, I guess not so much Asajj, but definitely Quinlan Voss by all means going to babysit the kids. <laughs> well, when you listen to Dark Disciple, you might change your tune on Asajj a little bit. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So. What about you, Lex? What's your predictions? Uh, I've been trying to, like, read and, like, watch the videos that everyone's kind of putting out. Something I keep seeing is Vader. Vader makes a return, possibly, like, a Rogue One hallway scene. Maybe he just comes in and kills the entire Clone Force 99. (laughs) I would love to see Vader. I I don't know if that's gonna happen. I would hope that we maybe see Cody, and because he was already kind of questioning, you know, in season two about you know are we doing the right thing maybe he ends up joining rex on his little crusade with echo um and then those the one that i keep seeing a lot is the delta squad reunion which i think Mm. would be like i didn't even think about that but now that i kind of yeah like read up on it a little bit i'm like you know what that would be pretty cool but i mean i've been i'm like a little bit through dark disciples and i feel like asajj and quinlan Voss's relationship would be really cool to see come onto oh, screen yes. so i would love to see you know if if that does happen i would totally be for it that is a very yeah, interesting man. one that was scored yeah hmm. what about you jimmy well, I tell you what, I've been racking my brain on this one because what I can't figure out is what is the point of Omega, right? They Dave doesn't do things just to do them. He has a story he wanted to tell. He had a way he wanted. I think I think a lot of this is coming to try to fix some of the sequel stuff. Like they've put that yeah. on him to do this, and I think that's part of how they're doing it. Um, I do think we're going to get a ton of cameo characters. Like there's so many out there that I don't, oh, we can't even think of them. Um, like I said, I think the whole clone force 99 goes down and I was talking, we were talking with Brandon and those guys and they're like, what if they do take Omega out? Like what if they get her, you know, they get her and she is the key to bringing Palpatine back later on. And that's how it ends. And you're like, at first, you're like, there's no way. But then you're like, well, they want you to hate the Empire. What better way than to take out that whole crew and then recapture her? And it ends with them just taking her and putting her, you know, in a cell or something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I think that they're going to – because they can't win. We know no, that. Like, yeah. they, they kind of got their hands tied by the, you know, the movies is still to come. We know that they can't win. But they can't escape. They can, like – set the empire back a little bit, which would be a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think 
I honestly have no idea. I, I, I need to see a few, like, I kind of need to see where it's heading with Omega before I can be like, well, I think this is going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I do think that they're going to tie some stuff. And I think I could see them tying some stuff in with Kenobi with the path. You know, if we do get Quinlan and Asajj, however, they're going to do that. I don't know the timing very well because I'm, from my understanding, Dark Disciple ends a little bit before um, Revenge of the Sith, I think. Uh, would have to. Um, so yeah, have to a Dooku as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. say what happens and stuff like that, but, um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I, they said they're not retconning it, so I don't know. I mean, is it is it happening before they have a run-in with her? But she has the hair. She has the saber. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be crazy, I think. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I, typically, you can think, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But I honestly have no idea, which I love. Like, I love because usually I can, like, ruin things for myself pretty easily. Like, I'm watching and I go, oh, that's the bad guy. They did this. That happened there. And my wife's like, shut up. You know, like, <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, I have, I don't really have any predictions. I just, I don't know enough about Omega. And that's, that's awesome because they haven't, like, let too much leak yet. And that's what's yeah. really cool, too. So, I'm excited for up, it, man. I'd be up for what you're saying as well about the Vader. Just cutting them all down. Yeah, can you imagine? He just comes in there and just slices the night, and you hate Vader more, you hate yeah. you hate the Empire more, and then you're just like, you know, a new hope kicks off, you know, Rogue One and all that stuff's happening after this, and, you know, and you're holding yeah. on to all that grudge. And they did it with Clone Wars. They set these flashes of Anakin becoming Vader. You yeah. saw his temper flaring, and they do really good things of setting and filling in these stories and really um, selling you on stuff through this animation. And, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past Dave. There's a reason that he wanted three seasons of this and yeah. we're about to find out what they are. Him and Jennifer Corbett. Um, I, I hate leaving her out of it cause I know she's a big part of this now too. And I think she's kind of the heir apparent for star Wars animation after Dave goes full time yeah. to live action. So she, well, she, that'll be a name that we're going to be saying a lot, I believe too, especially after this is over. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to make predictions, but I think that it's going to be amazing. Awesome. Cool, and that about ties up uh, everything for this week. So as always, thank you very much for listening. Please leave any comments. Let us know your predictions on the socials. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Freds, at Explore the Force. Again, Lex, thank you so much for joining us. Super appreciate your time. Mate, if you want to let everyone know where they can find you and your channels. Yeah, so it's um, Jedi Lex or... It's either Jedi.lex or underscore on TikTok, Twitter, X, Instagram, YouTube. But yeah, I just do everything, all things Star Wars. And if you enjoy Star Wars, definitely come check me out. But I appreciate you guys inviting me. This was a great conversation and I super appreciate you guys. Awesome. Thanks so much again yeah, for joining us. We'll let you think yeah, of a quick Star Wars on. quote. Yeah, and I'll chuck one out there just for everyone. Bad Batch fans, though. Strapping kid, you're not going to want to miss this view. From you, Lex, what have you got? I'm going to stick with the the classic, May the Force Be With You. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. And for all of us, including Taylor at Fan Expo in Vancouver, we know she's having a great time there. And like Jack said, uh, we're going to have some videos and things like that from her and some photos. We'll get those out to you. Um, We have spoken. Get ready for Wednesday, baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs)